0: you taking sticking paws off me, you damn dirty ass. Ah! I've done studies, you know. 60% of the time, it works. They time. Frankly, my yeah, here I don't you give it. a damn.
1: As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. I drink your milk, What we've got here
0: is failure to communicate. I'm ready for my Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Cinefleck. I am Ethan Col- Colburn.
2: And I am Clara Curtis.
0: Clara is here. You may you may notice. Uh big announcement. Yeah. Clara is permanently joining the show. Woo! <laughs> Woo! Uh backed by popular demand. And uh welcome, welcome to your first intro.
2: Thank you. This is fun. It's like very official. I feel like a yeah. real podcaster now.
0: <laughs> yeah, you have like a real mic now and everything and yeah, like, yeah you, look me su- up. <laughs> you look you look super official for sure.
2: In my tie-dye hoodie?
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> 100%.
0: <laughs> <laughs> solid, solid hoodie. Um Hell yeah. So, Clara and I uh, were joined on this episode by our friend Ryan to talk about moonlight. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Which uh, was a really fun conversation. What a guy. What a great guy. And a really fun conversation. (laughs) What a guy. What a movie. Yeah. We are pairing it with a take on the drink sex on the beach and calling it a hand job on the beach. um, (laughs) Which is just a sex on the beach, but blue. So we put some Curacao in it. And uh, Mm -hmm. in honor of a very poignant movie in the movie Moonlight. Poignant scene. So you can find a recipe for that on My Instagram at Cinefleckpod or my Twitter at Cinefleck. That is announcement number one. Announcement number two is next week's episode. Clara, who are we having on next week?
2: Karsten.
0: We're having Karsten Runquist on. It'll be really fun. So so, um, Mm -hmm. he's got a great um, YouTube channel. I'm really excited to chat with him uh, a few days Mm -hmm. from now. So we'll be having him on and discussing the movie Climax by uh <laughs> yeah. what's what's the guy's name?
2: Uh Gaspar
0: Gaspar Noe. No. Noe.
2: Yeah, there we go.
0: Yeah. So yeah. so <laughs> we're doing we're doing climax talk to carson. That's going to be great. I'm really really excited that that we're going to have him on that episode. Thank you to my patrons Jaden, Steven, Sydney, Isaac Griffin and Zach. Um if you want to join my Patreon, go to patreoncom Cinefleck. Any other announcement you you have, Clara?
2: Oh, um, I'm just excited to be here.
0: <laughs> Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. We are happy to have yeah. you. So it'll be fun. Cool. Well, without further ado, let's get you into this week's episode. I hope you enjoy. Clara and Ryan, both welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for having me again. <laughs> thank I, know thank you
2: so much. I know going so, first. Do you want to say hi first? Should I? I feel like Ryan should say hi first because should I've been we here so that? much. No, it's
1: perfect. <laughs> what was wrong with it? I think that was
0: perfect. Uh, it was great. It was, yeah, great. It was good. It was well, we're already yeah. doing great. Yeah, we're doing great. We're doing great. Um, thank you guys for both uh, coming back and talking about uh, Moonlight. I'm, yes. I'm honored to yeah. speak up. A- about it with both of you. Very excited. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like I am so self-conscious about my words right now. I know what's wrong.
2: <laughs> it's probably like, why does everything
0: that comes out of my mouth sound weird?
2: <laughs> you know, it's just such a poetic movie. We're really
0: It is. So it now is. it just
2: feels like we can't do it justice.
0: <laughs> no, it's true. It's true. Um I guess I guess we should start with uh, like what was each of your first experiences with this movie? Mm. Like like where like like, like ha, ha, had you had you both seen it in theaters?
1: No. Yeah, I hadn't seen it in theaters either. Oh, <laughs> really? Okay. This was this was back. This came out uh back before I was like a film buff and everything. So I saw it actually um Man, like I remember, that was the first year I was interested in the Oscars. So I was going watching every Best mm-hmm. Picture movie, and at the time, I was super underwhelmed. I was like, I don't understand this at all. I don't mm. get it. I don't like it. This is weird. And then I didn't. I decided to give it a second chance. Two, I think, two years later, and I loved it. And then this is my third time watching, and I still love it. So,
2: oh, cool! Uh, amazing. Um, That's awesome. My situation with it is weird because. I didn't see it when it came out because I was, I was in like a weird relationship and so like I didn't really get to pick the movies I was watching and so this was like mm. not a My Partner's Alley and so... That was fine, but so my introduction to Moonlight was the Oscar fiasco with Moonlight, <laughs>
0: oh, which oh, like
2: <laughs> I was like, "Whoa, what's going on?" Um, and I hadn't seen La La Land at that point either, so I just was like, oh, wow,
0: "Okay," I did not You're understand just like, what happened. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I remember like, watching wow. that live, and then and then just like and then just being like constantly refreshing, like Google every like every, every like every yeah. two minutes and then just like they're like warren Beatty's taking the envelope home i'm like why is he taking it home like what does <laughs> warren Beatty want with this whole thing it was, <laughs> it was crazy and i was like how did this happen like why would they have read the wrong name it was it was like wild watching it go down absolutely um oh absolutely insane a uh, side note just like one of my favorite themes on the podcast has been like 2021 brian shitting on like 2014, 2015, Ryan. It's just, it's just.
1: Like, <laughs> ah, yeah, yeah. You, you'll see me shit on my younger self quite a lot. <laughs> that happens. Yeah, I was, I was a, I was a mess, dude. I, oh my god. So oh.
0: was
2: I. It's okay. Well, <laughs> well,
0: our, we, we, we have a group chat and like our Facebook group chat. We, the, the photo. <laughs> um, no. <laughs> no, should I cut this? <laughs> no, keep going. <laughs> the photo, the photo, the photo that I found. 'Cause I was just like, Oh, if we're adding each other on Facebook, like the best thing to do is like go to profile pictures and click click the left arrow, just like start at the beginning, you know? <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> so I did that and um and yeah, there's there's this one of you like on a boat, I think, where you're like, You've got this like WrestleMania you got know, this yeah. like wrestler t shirt, yeah. you're just like uh, with yeah, like I was sunglasses. This it was great. Face. Uh, it's so it was cool. Great, it was great, Ryan. We love you. We love Still you. Like- <laughs> <laughs> Where were
2: we? Um, <laughs> oh right, I was talking about how I watched Moonlight for the first time. Right, so,
0: right, right. right yeah. So I. In my Oscar fiasco. Yeah,
2: so I missed. I missed like watching it during the Oscar hype, and then life was crazy, and I wasn't like watching a ton of movies, so I didn't. I didn't see Moonlight until twenty nineteen. Which is crazy. Wow. wow. but so is crazy. Moonlight yeah. is like the 10th movie I watched after I first got letterboxed. And so it was like when I was just finally sitting down and being like, these are all the movies that are like crucial to cinema that I'm missing. I have to start watching them. And so I was like, Moonlight has to be one of my first ones. Like, I yeah. love A24. Yeah. Like, yeah. I need to watch this. And so then... I did, and I loved it so much, and I cried, and I cried, and I cried, and then <laughs> I rewatched it today, and I did that again. I just cried the whole time.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, I feel that. I feel that it's 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 an emotional journey. I I still cannot believe that this one best picture.
2: <gasps> really, like
0: I, it's insane. It's absolutely insane. It doesn't fit with like what you think of that the Academy likes at all. And just like revisiting it, I forgot how like indie it is. You know, like yeah. they don't like the Academy doesn't reward like this is the kind of movie that like wins festivals and it doesn't win Oscars. Exactly. Like it's totally it's still crazy to me. And he, it was yeah, it was
1: I'm pretty sure one of the if not the adjusted for inflation actually adjusted for inflation it was the uh, lowest budget to ever win Best Picture. Yeah, because right? the budget was 1.5 and four. Yeah, I have and technically notes for that yes that technically <laughs> technically rocky was 1.1 oh but adjusted for inflation it's a little bit more so oh. you know depending on how you look at it but it's still really really impressive like, wow but it's crazy
0: that even unadjusted you have to go back to 1976 exactly yeah true to get to get a movie that that would that 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 costs that little money yeah and that and it's true. amazing the cast that they were able to get i mean i know like mahershala wasn't Th- this movie made Maharshala a lot yep. more famous but yeah, still definitely. I mean the cast that they were able to get with yeah. uh with Janelle Monet mm-hmm. and Naomi <laughs> Harris I guess I guess those are really the three only known actors so, though now yeah, that I yeah. Think pretty much about yeah. it but the performances are all around amazing
1: they're just incredible yeah. I love it even from the unknowns the acting is amazing in this movie yeah.
2: totally really impressive and i think it works i think it works so well in its favor because like the movie in general is so like raw but like having that fresh talent on screen for all of it like makes it even more so because like you don't get to look at these actors necessarily and be like oh i know that guy from star wars like it's just like no this is this character and like (laughs) oh it's so good
0: yeah fuck star wars
2: (laughs) don't say that (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> uh, are you kidding
2: of any everybody day, just turned off the
0: podcast fighting words <laughs> uh no yeah i love star wars um <laughs> yeah no the acting in this is is like absolutely spectacular i mean all around um like mahershala like continued to impress on this watch but like i think for me the biggest thing that i forgot i should i should also say that like just going back to like where we started with mm. this, I did, I I, I saw it at, like a local theater, like in my town, and 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 like it 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 really caught me off guard. But yeah, I think I think the thing that I forgot the most about it like this time around was just the pacing of it all. Like I forgot how mm-hmm. little more we get. Yeah. And then I forgot yeah. how like like 30 minutes of the movie is like old ch- tyrone in the diner you know what i mean like that's like 30 minutes of the movie yeah so like i i just i i i I think the biggest thing that i forgot was just like how it all like unfolds
2: Mm, yeah honestly Mm -hmm. i would agree with that i like i remember like how concisely they break his story into the three parts but Mm -hmm. i don't think i picked up on as much like how cohesive it still feels despite that yeah, And, like, yeah, I had to pause it at one point to, like, get food or something. And, like, I was at the hour mark, and I just finished his, like, section as a teen. And so, like, his childhood and his, like, adolescence are condensed into one, like, literally one half of the movie. And then the other half is him in an- his adulthood. And I thought that was really interesting how, like, we get so little with his early years. But I feel like that stuff is so affecting, which is, like, really cool. hmm
1: I think I think it's really cool. I kind of like there's a way you can kind of split these three sections into like how they like portray Chiron and and, and in the certain part of his life he's in. Mm. So like the first childhood section, you know, it's like about how fragile he is you know, and how, you know, he's just, he's just becoming, you know, he's a kid people are making fun of him for being gay. He doesn't even know what that means. Like, you know, he's so fragile at this point. And then when he moves up to being a teenager, that whole section is just about how he changes from being the shy kid to like this guy who doesn't really want to take shit from anybody anymore. Totally. And then that third section is like how complex he becomes because he's trying to put on this facade That he's this big, hardened guy when really he has never been able to be himself because of this, like, over-dominantly, like, male-strung Miami that he lived in. And, you know, if he actually decided to be himself, he would just get put down for it immediately. Totally. Yeah.
2: I like that Totally, yeah. Yeah. I think that sums it up so perfectly. (laughs)
0: Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Did that... Yeah, Ryan's great. Ryan's so oh. good. <laughs> Ryan's so good. Oh. So like for Paige, he, he was saying that it did um that it kind of took her out how different the actors were in this movie. For me, like I it was jarring at first, but then I sort of like adjusted to who the new actor was and like their performances were similar enough that mm-hmm. that it drew me back in but was that like was that ever like jarring for you guys or did you feel like you sort of like like were are okay with the transitions in age
2: i think for me it worked and it worked for me because it it even though it's different actors portraying like the same character, it almost reminds me a little bit of like Boyhood in that like we're getting mm-hmm. this this actor at their young age through his adulthood. Um and like obviously that's a little more continuous, but you're still getting those jumps. And so it reminds me a little bit of that and how like we're jumping from such like different points of his life, but I think honestly the actors do such a good job of like giving this new version of the character while still building off of the previous one we were just encountering where like it's underlying and it's there, but it's not like overpowering. So I thought it was definitely like noticeable in a way, but in a way that like worked for me really well.
1: Yeah. I was, I, what you exactly just said, <laughs> basically literally. So, so like how I said, all three segments are so mm-hmm. different. Is like, um, you kind of want the performances to be different because these stage of stages of his life are so different and exactly. he's changing so much. Mm-hmm. And actually, I found this out, a fun little fact, oh. uh, Barry Jenkins kept the three Kevins and the three Chirones away from each other <gasps> so that they would not try to imitate each other's performances, which mm. I thought was really cool because I think, because he wanted them to each have their own take on the character, which makes sense because three different takes equals three different Chirones, which is exactly what they wanted in the first place because yeah. you want him to change over time. <gasps> so I actually think it worked perfectly in the movies favor like really well actually yeah oh that's
0: really cool
1: isn't that awesome yeah
0: i love that that
1: he made some crazy directorial choices
0: (laughs) i I mean like he makes the city like this this very very poor part of miami look so beautiful like yeah it's just like the way the way he shoots it i i i I, I, like haven't actually seen if beale street could talk (gasps) but i've heard that that part of the criticism with that movie Like a criticism of Beale Street that I've heard is that um, the beauty that he portrays of I think Memphis in that is like is like it's it detracts from the story. And here at least I feel like it really sort of adds to this like feeling like you're in a memory almost if that makes any sense.
2: Mm -hmm. I can speak on that a little bit actually because I I know a fun fact which is that so. This screenplay is based off of, like, a play that, um, oh, now I'm forgetting his name, but a playwright wrote a, a, a screenplay for a, a play, essentially, about the story, and it never got made. Um, but the thing that's really interesting is it's a direct depiction of this playwright's life, and he grew up in that city that they're shooting in, and Barry Jenkins did as well. So I think that's where we see a lot of that, like, almost, like, romanticization of the um Liberty City, I think it's what it's called. Um, is that like Liberty, C- Liberty City? Yeah, yeah, this is where like Barry Jenkins grew up. Like it's his community. Yeah. And so I think that's really neat is like they shot on location for certain things. Like, and so what we're getting is like a little bit of a love letter to like where he grew up and like the community yeah. he was a part of. And I think that's like really cool to see. And I definitely think it works in the favor of the movie because it almost kind of out- counteracts like the sadder elements of like what we're seeing with chiron's story is that we're getting this beautiful backdrop like set beside it and so like they kind of balance each other out in a way that like isn't too overwhelming
1: yes yeah i i to add on to that and give a little bit more context i saw a quote that barry jenkins said and he literally called um his childhood a beautiful struggle Mm. for this for the sole reason that he lived Mm -hmm. in an area with he said a beautiful green grass beautiful golden sunsets and an awesome neighborhood where dark things happened and Mm. so all of that he considers like he really put into moonlight which you can see because it's dark but it's so beautiful like it's such a beautiful movie
0: i read Um, that he um i read that the crew was super worried about like shooting in this neighborhood because they shot like 80 percent of it in this neighborhood um because, like, the neighborhood's still quite dangerous, but, like, after, like, the people in that neighborhood learned that Barry Jenkins was from there and, like, he was making a story about them yeah. and stuff, they said, like, the locals were, like, amazing to them. Like, Yeah, that's, uh, that's Ka- awesome. Naomi Harris said it was, like, one of the nicest, like, like, tets she's ever worked on. Like, they were all, like, just amazing. I so, like I mean, that. I thought that oh, was really cool. Awesome. Yeah. Um, the other A24 movie that this sort of reminds me of, now that you were... <laughs> kind of talking about that like romanticization of sort of a difficult life is a Florida project. Mm, sort of has totally, yeah. similar yeah. <laughs> quite the colors but also kind of like the handheld mm, thing in it and yeah. the sort of like cr- romanticization of like this this poverty in Florida. I don't I, I, have have both of you seen that movie?
2: Yes. Yeah. Love that movie. Yeah. <laughs> that's, a great movie. That's,
0: a, that's a fantastic movie. Yeah.
2: Oh, it's so good. I,
0: I saw that one in theaters with Paige, and like I was walking really? out of the oh, theaters, awesome. and like Paige and I still have tears coming down our face. <laughs> and, and the guy on the way out was like Florida Project. So oh, like, no! yeah. <laughs> that's great. Oh,
1: that's that's so great.
2: funny. That was my I mean, favorite like, part of working at a movie I mean, theater. like
0: he, yes, <laughs> he might have like known that that movie was getting out at a certain time, but I like to know that he was just like. Yeah, I yeah. know that does that. Too. <laughs> yeah.
2: That's been happening all week. <laughs> no, <forever>.
0: uh. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. No, these <laughs> movies both just like get you when it's when it's done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um do we want to like dive into the ending now cuz I'm I'm just thinking about it but I don't know if we want to like We can save that later
2: let's do it yeah sure
0: (laughs) yeah why did you guys think of like how it it's a very it's a very like anticlimactic ending in a lot of ways but Mm. i mean it's it's satisfying Mm -hmm. but it's it's a it's a quiet ending for sure Mm. yeah i'm
1: i think what i love about the ending is just that it, it kind of it's kind of like this uh this nudge of he's finally gonna Try to be who he is, you know. Maybe he is kind of gonna, but then again, you know, you don't really know. That's what you hope, I guess. But, but I don't know. It's hard because it is a little <laughs> bit ambiguous. It's. Uh, I love the ending, though. I love the ending because it, it does. It gives you a sense of just a full circle, like a really, a beautiful like reconnect. I guess. I don't know. It's hard to explain.
2: I definitely agree with Ryan. I I really like the ending because, I mean the moonlight specifically but like the moon has this weird like significance throughout the movie and like that works in cycles and so i almost see the ending as like us returning to the beginning phase of like what this movie is In that like chiron has like gone through so many different phases and we've seen him change so much and the ending kind of alludes to the possibility that he is now re-embracing his most fragile self which is like his childhood self and that like he's not corrupted necessarily by like the anger and, like, the toxic masculinity that he's, like, grown up around. And so, like, I think that alludes to, like, a full circle type of transition. And, like, I think that's so, like, it's definitely quiet, like you said, Ethan, but I think it's so powerful in, like, addressing, like, Mm -hmm. the acceptance of, like, our smaller selves. Like, I think that is, like, one of the coolest things ever is to, like, look at, like, the youngest version of ourselves and, like, show, like, love towards that version of ourselves rather than, like, Distance or like annoyance, and just being like you are so small, and like I want to like love and cherish you, like in me yeah. now.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's <laughs> a really good point. Yeah, that was that was really well put. <laughs> this is th- this is why I keep having her back. <laughs> <It's>, like, <laughs> I have, I have literally like... nothing that can make that. Any better <laughs> <running for me. laughs> oh no, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I think the thing that I realized as you were making your point, Ryan, was was that um like it's almost like every chapter. Is about some inciting incident that mm. like incites change. Yeah, but all the change happens okay. in the middle, which is really really interesting. So it's like every every chapter is sort of about like you get Chiron that's stuck in his ways, and then you get the thing that's going to change his life, but you don't actually witness the change.
2: Ooh, I love that actually because yeah. like yeah, yeah. you yeah. you
0: sort of assume that he starts to accept himself, but you don't really know at the end in what capacity he's able to do that. And like, yeah. Is he going to stop selling drugs? (laughs) Yeah. I I, I don't, I don't know.
2: I, I think that's a good way to put it. And I think that's another reason why this movie kind of challenges what we normally get from like best picture winners is that Mm -hmm. a lot of the time, like, they're good movies, obviously, because they're winning Best Picture, but a lot of time we get more linear timeline in that, like, there's a lot more exposition and explanation of, like, our character arcs, and we get, like, a clear view of that, whereas in Moonlight we're getting, like you said, like, kind of almost, like, the beginnings of change, and then we're getting the end result, and we're not necessarily seeing, like, the toil of our protagonist and, like, what that transition necessarily means. We're just at the point where they've already transitioned. Um Which, like, that's something I prefer in films, is, like, the kind of stuff that, like, challenges conventional narrative. Um, I definitely find it, like, more exciting in a way, I guess.
1: No, for sure. It's almost like watching three separate narratives Mm -hmm. that are all – it's all one linear story, but the the, the three – separate parts are, are all completely different mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so it it almost also helps not that this movie's boring by anything, <laughs> no <but laughs> it definitely helps the flow and it helps the pacing too because it's like you know once you're done with young chiron it's like you you don't even really want to be done with young chiron it's only been like 30 minutes but then we move on to this next chiron you get to meet this one so then right over again you get to re-meet him see what what's different about him you know what's different about the other people around him especially the mom character which yeah but may have even changed more than him actually but, oh my gosh um, <laughs> Yeah, but I love I love that they did that because it, it really did make it so, like, just seamless and smooth and very... It kept it very interesting,
0: which is just a bonus
1: on top of all the other amazing things that it
0: does. Well. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, for, for sure. sure. It, it's, like, not only that, like, it's, like, the first time, like, an all-black cast has won Best Picture. It's the first time, like, an LGBT love, st- love story has won Best Picture... But it's also, I mean, like aside from all of that, it's not as if they tried to fit those two elements into a classic Oscar Beatty story. It's like the Mm -hmm. direction and the production and everything about it is just is just really really out there and yeah, yeah. i mean it exceptional re-
1: but it really is yeah. one of the best executed movies i've ever seen like the yeah. the, the execution literally could not have been any better like uh, honestly i totally I agree. i think barry jenkins was, was perfect absolutely perfect just yeah
2: <laughs> i love him
0: who's He's pumped so for good. live action lion king too, right guys
2: uh... <laughs> uh, uh,
1: no,
0: <laughs> Woo! We all make mistakes, you know.
2: <laughs> listen, listen. No, he's gonna get his money, and then he's gonna give us something really good. Yeah, get that really check, good. Barry. Yeah, yeah, get, yes, get, get that, that check.
0: check, Barry. He's <laughs> earned it. Cheers to Barry. <laughs> exactly. Oh my god.
2: Oh.
0: crazy. Barry Jenkins is directing the sequel to the live-action Lion King. Okay, sorry. Anyways, what like <laughs> a moment of silence. Yeah, mo- <laughs> so, oh no. I just derailed the conversation. I apologize. <laughs> no, it's um, totally fine.
2: We need yeah, to acknowledge I mean any that. other
0: Yeah, no any 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 just like hats <laughs> off that on like the structure or anything?
2: I think the one other thing that works right, the, really right well, well about the structure is because we're getting so many gaps, it also allows the audience to kind of um see themselves more in narrative like the less like Mm. direct exposition you're getting obviously like the more room you have as an audience member to like draw your own connection to a character like we don't know honestly a ton about chiron or any of the other people in his life except for these brief blips and so then we get to fill in the gaps which like allows you to kind of connect more in certain ways like there's certain things that i see in him that i'm like oh my gosh i was the same way as a kid like and i and it's because of xyz yeah, for sure. i wonder if he experienced those things too and it's like i think that's really cool because in some ways Moonlight can be can on the, like the surface level be viewed as harder to like connect with because it is such a specific type of story but then, when you're actually in it and you're watching it, there's so much room to connect to it, like emotionally, which I think is because of the structure they're giving us.
0: Did either of you like have a favorite chapter? Mm. Mm, that's a good question. Was there one that like stood out in particular to you?
1: See, the thing is, I have I have three favorite scenes from this movie, mm-hmm. and each of them are from a different. <laughs> Yeah, literally no. I, each of them are from a well, different I mean, chapter yeah so i honestly out. i would i would say probably the chiron section the second section mm. if i had to okay. pick, yeah
0: honestly like i can't i can't imagine like that 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 section just breaks my heart so much because i i cannot imagine opening yourself up to someone like you've never opened themselves up like l- like you've never opened yourself up before and then having them literally like punch you in the face the next day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, Heartbreaking. That's absolutely. so.
1: Yep. That and it's also. It destroys you. It's also Ugh. the section where his mom is is at her worst yeah. state as well. So that's really like the toughest. At least I would think that would be the toughest section um, for Chiron. So it definitely made it the most. Def- definitely the most compelling part of the story, I
0: think. Mm. For sure. I was going to ask you guys what what scenes you like the most so maybe we'll get to that next mm. um and you can run through your th- your top three there ryan but um <laughs> i think i think i think my favorite section was like the childhood section i wish mm. i got like part of me just like wishes i got longer with that kid yeah that like kid in mahershala i mean like i think i think this movie does a good job of leaving you wanting more but i i re- i really did want more with that one like there like, I was a like w- the second yeah. one yeah like I felt like the second one wrapped up, but that one I was just like, wow, oh my god, he's a man. And and it was it was the point of it, but I just like yeah, that that, that I I I feel like that's the one I would just really long for more with that with that character.
1: There was definitely a fantastic dynamic between the kid and, and um Marshall Ali's character. Juan. Yeah. Yeah. Juan. Yeah, I loved Juan. that.
2: And I loved his dynamic with great. Janelle Monet as well. Like them as like this yeah. couple where he's it's just kind of like a little bit like all swagger and yeah. she's like so like caring and thoughtful. I was just like, oh, I love this.
0: <laughs> so great. And their house was so cute. Oh, I didn't yeah. really get how everyone knew who she was in the second chapter. Everyone was like, oh, you're going over to Teresa's house. I'm like, how does, how, how does, a, how do a bunch of people know who like this baby's? His 30-year-old my, is. and My
1: guess is because they seemed to know that his mom was some kind of addict, they probably knew that he didn't st- spend as much time with her. He probably spent some time somewhere else somehow, you know, I'm guessing. Um, yeah. Well, it is a tight-knit community. Yeah. So I guess that could also have something yeah. to do with it. I think,
2: I think that's a big part of that's it. True. And, like, it alludes to the fact that, like, she and Juan were, like, a long-term, like, very serious couple. And, like, if anything... Out of anyone in that story, I would say Juan was probably the most well-known in the community for being a drug dealer. And so, like, obviously, there is an association with Teresa in that. Um, And, like, when, I mean, obviously, we don't really get much of anything about how Juan died or, like, what that looked like. But, like, even Chiron's mom said she was at the funeral. So it's, like, I would assume that was a whole community-wide event um
0: yeah and so I
2: think it's probably just like that association Teresa had with Juan is like why like everyone seems to like know who she is and like the implications of like oh she probably still has money and like all of these things that are like kind of brought up subtly without like fully addressing them um -hmm. which is very interesting yeah that makes sense yeah
0: right what was your favorite chapter then Clara (sighs) uh
2: I think I have to go with the third black because wow. I know
0: three is, different answers. Look at
2: I, this. This. I
0: know <laughs> <laughs> this is very. <bad>. Well, <laughs> let's show how great The movie is all the way. Yeah, through. true.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. I I think I like it because it takes the most significant things about parts one and two and like almost like amplifies them in a way of just like it really expresses like the long term effects of like what we consider like our biggest moments in like our childhood and adolescence and like how it truly does like affect the person we end up being and then in addition to that like the way society also like builds on that and how the two like are trying to coexist but usually one does end up giving out to the other and like within Chiron we see like hyper masculinity kind of went over like his true self which like we see him getting to explore in different ways in his childhood and adolescence and then all of a sudden he's a man and he's this big tough guy and he's got a car that he blasts music in and he's doing exactly what Juan was doing and like you when you're watching him growing up you kind of have this hope that he'll break out of that cycle and then we see him in that cycle And so we're having to kind of confront that situation. And then there's so many different elements of that. Like we see him essentially repair his relationship with his mom or at least start that repair. We get like closure with Kevin. Like there's so many different things that fall into that section, obviously because it's the longest. So like there's obviously a lot more that we can like look at and be like, oh, this is like connected to that and blah, blah, blah. But I just think it's the most profound part of it for me just in how fully like we're getting the full picture of like who he is which like i love more than anything
0: well, like yeah i mean that's true but like at the same time like even though it's the longest it has like the least number of plot points this is true
2: it's got like the scene
0: where he's in bed he gets a phone call he goes to miami he sees his mom he goes to the diner he goes to the guy's house like that's that's that could have been 15 minutes and it's, yeah. I'm not I'm not saying it should have been fifteen minutes.
2: You're wrong, <laughs> Ethan. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm get destroyed. Um I'm gonna destroy it online. No, my, my point is like like it it's it's drawn out in this way that like the other sections aren't and like I feel like I I feel like the adolescence one probably has like the fastest pacing, but I mean it's almost mm-hmm. because like he is like a teen, like he's got hormones, like he's he's <laughs> yeah. like rearing to yeah. go. He's like trying to beat these guys up, and so you get a lot of fast cutting. You get like a lot of, well, not a lot of fast cutting, but you get like you get like cuts between scenes. You get like a a, a lot more that happens over a short period of time. Yeah, and and it's interesting the way he sort of changed each uh each section sort of pacing to fit the time he was in. I mean, the third is reflective because. It slows down and and like the characters looking back, and so you're also like given time to like reflect yourself on your experience, like watching the movie. If that makes sense,
2: oh totally. I think that's absolutely spot on.
0: Yeah, and the and the like, Hello Stranger song. Oh, I
1: love it. (laughs)
0: Uh, also oh, this is that. completely
1: random but the last shot of the movie is one of my favorite last shots oh of my any god. movie oh my god oh my god it's so beautiful oh my god oh.
2: <laughs> it's so good i love
1: that
0: <laughs> shot so much i love
2: oh. that shot
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah Paige was like do they hook up or are they just like friends now and he's just comforting i'm like no no no. they're like they're 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 probably hooking up like after that <laughs> like, but like don't don't worry like it's 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 gonna happen but like it's oh. <laughs> she was like wait wait like are they just like buds the really good buds (laughs) again it's like (laughs) Uh, that's what you want don't worry (laughs) uh yeah no that last shot is 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 great but it's odd because it's not and this is going to sound like a backhanded compliment but there's something Uh, beautiful about like a not super memorable ending Mm.
2: okay
0: it's because like it allows okay so like allows the story to live on like like david lean famously did this with lawrence of arabia where like he starts with the death of Lawrence. Clara watched Lawrence of Arabia.
2: Okay, thank you. And, I'm glad we that. Um,
0: <laughs> <men. laughs> well, I just figured because like you haven't no. seen anything before like 1980. No, I have But it's fine. <laughs> so <laughs> no, no, but, like it starts with Lawrence's death and then cuts back to him alive. And so it has this it has this ending that like if you ask even people that have seen it like like horrified times, they're like, what what happens at the very end of the movie? They're like I don't I don't really know like it it allows the story to live on in this way and for me like I I actually didn't remember the ending that well because it's not it's not like it's not Leonardo DiCaprio spinning the top or anything and so it's just it 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 like allows you to fade out of the story in a way that like feels like they continue their lives if that makes sense yeah exactly Uh, it's like
1: it's like the movie ends but the story continues absolutely i love that yeah exactly that's the perfect way
0: to put it i like that a lot (laughs) yay any thoughts on (laughs) non-memorable endings or anything else i don't know you guys can just take over the podcast
2: (laughs) 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 welcome to clara fleck
1: (laughs) (laughs) clara fleck (laughs) Fleck. (laughs) <laughs> oh no! I think you have oh to make a competing god. podcast now. That's a I perfect think
2: game. I You know, I brought oh it up. Oh my god, that's I brought hilarious. it up during about time, and I'll bring it up again if I bring it. <laughs> oh up no! Three, if I bring it up three times, then it'll happen. So. That's it. Oh man. <laughs> oh
0: man. Anyway, mm. I don't
2: know. No, I I feel like I can't even add to that because I think that sums it up so perfectly. In that, like, this really is one of those stories that we get dropped into, and like, we just have mm-hmm. kind of the privilege of being there in the time we're getting and then we are taken right out of it and like then Mm -hmm. we kind of have to just sit in these emotions while chiron and his life gets to continue on and like we just don't get to know and so it's just kind of like okay like uh (laughs) (laughs)
0: thoughts on thoughts on favorite scenes so ryan you had you had a you had a couple Uh, yeah yeah. so
1: um I guess I'll just, I don't really have an order for these, so I'm going to okay. go by chapter. So I guess the first one, um, yeah, go for it. quan teaching Chiron how to swim, which was apparently <sighs> authentic as well. The kid didn't know how to swim. He taught the actor how to swim. Ah. While, yeah. And I thought that was not only a beautiful in real life, but like, it's just such a beautiful scene. Like, it really is. Um, the second one is when Chiron's mom is asking him for money in the second mm. chapter. He's like, you know, I know you have money, Shyrone. I know you, and that that was just the most that was the most heartbreaking part, I think, of yeah, the, of the entire movie. Um, and it, it was it was so well done and so well acted too, like that. I they just went for it. And the third one was um the mom at the rehab center. That was third. one of mine. And, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> but there's what is I have a quote if like find it. So, Shyrone's mom says. I don't care if you don't love me. You're going to know that I love you. Mm. And then Chiron t- sheds one single tear and says, I hate you, mama. I was like, ah, oh, oh, that hurts. That hurts. And then right after he says that his mom struggles to light a cigarette. And I was like, that's cinematic perfection right there. That was the most heartbreaking oh. thing I have ever heard in my entire life.
2: And then they hug, which makes it even worse. And you're just like, you (sighs) know, you know, that's like the first time they've had any kind of like physical contact in like years. And that just like breaks me even Uh, more. I'm like, yes.
0: "Ah." Can can you think after that things are getting better? Like, do you think that's a that's a healing moment that he said he hated her? Do you think that's like? Like, you know, part of me says, you know,
1: from here, things will get a little bit better with them. The other part of me says, I don't think he wants anything to do with her. Uh, you know, I'm not really mm-hmm. sure I'm conflicted. The way it ended, it seems like it was like a, this is how I feel right now, you know, but things can change. You're definitely, you know, you're getting better. You're at this place. You're staying at this place, but I'm not really, I'm not entirely sure. I would like to think that from there, their relationship can build, but, yeah, you know.
2: I I definitely think it alludes to the possibility of like redemption for them um and that like when she starts asking like are you still on the streets da 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 and he like kind of doesn't really answer but does at the same time and she kind of goes into the spiel of like you shouldn't be doing this he has that moment where he like starts to get up and he's like I'm just gonna go I'm I'm leaving and then she's like no 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 like please stay please stay and like He's, a, he's an adult, like, he could just leave, but he chooses to stay, and that's where we get this profound moment of her, like, talking about loving him, and, like, there's this tension, and he stays for that, and he stays to, like, help her in this vulnerable moment afterwards of, like, lighting the cigarette, and then, like, he imbra- he's the one who initiates their embrace, and so I think that all alludes, even without him, like, explicitly saying or us ever getting that, like, confirmation, I do think it alludes to the fact that even if it's not this moment like there is still hope for them and I think it ties in again to how I honestly okay I think that actually (laughs) kind of starts his eventual like transition that we see at the very end of him like re-embracing his smallest self and that like that moment almost starts Mm -hmm. that for him because like he's just a little kid and he never had his mom the way he needed his mom and now he's getting this moment of like love from his mom just like full unconditional love from his mom and so I would say that almost like begins the trajectory of that we see of him like getting to reconnect with Kevin and then we get the final scene of him turning around and it's his younger self and so I feel like it almost starts that for him in a way if that makes any sense
1: I am going to change my answer (laughs) (laughs) um
0: (laughs) I know we should just like edit this podcast to just be like a Clara monologue yeah. on, like, <laughs> on like moonlight. Yeah, yeah no, oh that's that's like really well put, and like I really, especially like what what you're saying about like embracing his younger self, um, just like this idea that like he was always this this you know this kid that needed love, and like finally he's starting to heal that like inner part of himself that like always needed love.
2: Yeah, yeah, I, I love guess. it. It's so good
0: <laughs> fun thought that I just had is like I, I I I like tend to be like when I'm when I'm nervous, I tend to talk more and not less like I tend to be a talkative person mm. and so for me like I tend I tend to not relate to not talkative characters mm-hmm. like I'm I I like drive, but I'm not the biggest fan of drive, partially just because like, Like, why isn't Ryan Gosling just like saying
1: words (laughs) like when he
0: can understand what people are saying to him? Mm -hmm. Like really frustrating to me. But (laughs) but I mean, like, I actually don't have that problem with this movie for whatever Mm -hmm. reason. I mean, Mm -hmm. like, because when he's when he's when he's not talkative as a kid, I mean, you kind of you're like, okay, he's a kid. And like, I sort of feel like the way the way they laid it out, like the stuff that he's saying is is like profound and like surprisingly honest and so Mm -hmm. like even though he's a man of few words like he says things that are like oh wow like okay like that's that's how you feel and like that's 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 always like what I would I would always like to be that like I would always Mm -hmm. like to be like the Clint Eastwood that like sits in the back and someone's like what does he think and I'm like you know, like I, <laughs> I say like I say like four words, and they're like, "Wow, you know." I, I, but I—that's <laughs> profound. I just I just ramble, and I like I usually repeat my point twice, like I'm doing mm. now. But uh, <laughs> no, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, no. I always wish I could be like man a few words. Mm. It's just not. It's just not in the cards for me.
2: <laughs> That's really interesting. <laughs> I'm the opposite in that, like I in like group settings. Of, like, of any setting, I get really overwhelmed. And so, like, I get really quiet because I'm just, like, I just want to, like, listen mm. to everyone because I feel like if I'm going to say something, everyone's going to be looking at me. And so I need to have myself, like, well-articulated, but then I never think I'm well-articulated enough, and then I just don't say things. Mm. So it's a miracle I even talk on this because um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> you're like the most well-articulated yeah i was gonna
1: compliment. say i don't think i've met someone more, <laughs> more well-articulated
2: stop i'm gonna cry i don't like compliments i definitely think that's i think this is partially me like projecting like my own life experience onto chiron's character which like like i said i think is i don't i don't want to like put words into intention but like i do think it's part of the intention of the film but like a lot of what i see in him relates back to like this really bad relationship he has with his mom like I definitely noticed that in, like, kids who, like, experience that kind of, like, emotional distress in the home, they te- typically do end up becoming quieter kids because if they're not seen or, like, not heard, then it's less likely for them to get noticed by the people who are, like, assaulting them with, like, verbal harm. Um and so I definitely, like, mm. pick o- up on that a little bit with him. And then it kind of just carries on into his adulthood. And, like, I kind of relate to that. Like, I didn't have the best home life. And so, like, I, like, was a really loud kid at first, which is different than him, obviously. But then, like, I got really quiet. And so, like, it's really interesting seeing that, like, portrayed on screen. Because I don't think that's a version of, like, a rough upbringing that we get a lot of. Like, you normally with, like, coming-of-age movies, like, even if the kid has this, like, difficult home life like they're this quirky like very well-spoken outgoing kid who's like just trying to make it in the world and you're like yes I'm rooting for you but then like with this situation like we get a character who isn't talking a lot and like it almost challenges you of like are you gonna support Chiron as like a character if like you don't get to hear from him a lot and it's like It works well because, like, obviously we're all like, yes, like, (laughs) I want you to, I want you to, like, thrive. Like, I want the best for this character. Um, So I think that's really interesting, like, how quiet he is.
1: I think it it definitely helps that we get so much. You know, we learn about Shiron not really from him, but from what happens to him and other people around him. Yeah. We kind of realize what his situation is. And so it's, it's you know, it's hard to be like, well, you know, this kid's quiet, doesn't talk much. But like, you're still, you're still on his side. You still put yourself and you're like, you know, I just want him to break out of this. Like, I want him to get to the point where he can be comfortable in his own skin. Because we, we all want to be, in one way or another, we all want to be comfortable in our own skin. And so we want to see that for other people as well, and we just see how much he's struggling and, and other people around him and everything. And so I don't even think he really has to say much for us to be like, yeah, go own like shit. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, I actually love that the way you put that because I think that's so accurate. In that, like a lot of what we know about him is through the people like who are in his life. Specifically, I would say about his sexuality as a whole. Like we, n- he never explicitly says like I'm gay. But we hear his mom say it. We hear, like, his peers, like, mock him for it. Like, there's all these implications of his sexuality that, like, we're picking up on as an audience member. And, like, there's events that, like, allude to it. Like, how at the end he says to Kevin, like, I've never been with anyone else. Like, it's just been Mm -hmm. you. Which is, like, honestly, like, like, such a sad thing to say. But also, like, low-key kind of really romantic in a way. Um, Yeah. (laughs) But I think that's a really interesting thing about this is that, like, this is such a major story for like LGBT representation, but like we never get that moment of like our character explicitly saying like, I am gay. Like we're just getting kind of everything around that sphere of it.
0: Yeah. I, I think going off that too, the other thing that you don't ever get is Kevin um, expressing any sort of feelings tor- towards, towards, Chiron, which is really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, you're like, like so much of what you're assuming is that he, he called him because he heard this romantic song. And I mean, it's all, yeah, Yeah. it's all implied in the, I mean, you listen to the song, you're like, oh man, they're about to, like, this, this, (laughs) this is getting good. But, but like, but, but it's all, it's all implied. Like, you never, you never get a moment where he's, um, where he actually, tells him that he's gay let alone that he he has any sort of like like romantic feelings towards chiron which is interesting yeah i mean like 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 like, like i think my interpretation of of his character was that he was he was trying to mask his sexuality by like pucking around with all these girls at school and stuff mm -hmm. and sort of like yeah like trying to force himself to be straight but I mean for all we know he could have been bi and he could have totally, you know right. also right. enjoyed that but like I mean that was my interpretation we just you don't you don't know much about his his sexuality either at all I guess
1: oh absolutely yeah he does he does say that he has a kid at one point right
2: yes yeah and
1: yeah so that almost it almost makes you think that he wouldn't really mention that if he wasn't saying something like you know as if it was like he was trying to hide himself at the time you know what i mean it seemed like he was almost trying to be like i get it you know me too i'm in the same boat you are kind of thing yeah so
0: but it's all very implied it's all like yeah it's, yeah. All, it's all like yeah deep levels of implication of like i got a kid it's like mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I don't know i don't know it's, yeah, it's,
1: uh... I, this movie definitely it doesn't make it easy for you it makes you think uh it definitely it gives you the pieces you just have to put it together but i like that i hate movies that that you know throw it right in your face it's like i understand you know let me figure and and it like i said with well, the first time i saw moonlight i didn't get it i hate i really well i wouldn't say i hated it but if i were if i had letterboxd back in the day probably would have gotten like a three or something like that two and a half i was just like not really feeling it and it yeah, took fuck it- young Ryan. He's <laughs> yeah, yeah, the worst. Um, <laughs> but that second time I watched it, I was just like, I, I totally get it now. Like, I, I absolutely understand it. And it was uh, honestly, I feel like most people who probably don't like this film really just don't get it at the heart of it, what it's really trying to do. Totally. You know. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, it- yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the other thing that like that like also came to mind there because. Because like, I also like movies that make me think, um, I mean, sometimes the most powerful, like political statement is like no political statement. Like in this case, yeah. like you're seeing this, you're seeing this story play out. Um, you, you're taking you're the story play out about this poor black gay kid and like you you learn to love this kid and it's in a, it's it's laid out in a way that i think almost anyone of any political belief would have have some sympathy for this kid unless unless you're like ultra radicalized right and and like like sometimes like like just creating an emotional bond with someone and and and, and like a story that you're not used to hearing is like a more powerful political statement than I mean, like Spike Lee, for instance, and I don't mean to just compare like the two most famous black directors, but like, <laughs> but, like but like, but like Spike S- Spike Lee, for instance, like constantly tries to hammer home, um, like like passages that he's trying to get across in in, in his movies, yeah. um, but I almost like prefer. Mm-hmm generally like the Barry Jenkins approach of like kind of leaving things implied and leaving things up to your interpretation. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I I agree. I I prefer subtlety. I do love Spike Lee's movies, but some of them can be a little bit too in your face. Mm -hmm. Um, And although I haven't really seen too many Barry Jenkins movies, I don't think he even has too, too many. I think he only Um, has three. Yeah. Three at this point. It's, it's just the, the subtlety of it. It honestly adds with taking away what you would be, you know, presenting to the audience to make it more obvious, you're actually adding to the movie by making it less obvious. I think it, it really does make the movie more compelling in a lot of different ways.
0: Yeah. I think it's a really good point.
2: Yeah. I think, Clara? I think that's a great point. I think, I think the other thing about if like, just staying in that vein of like Barry Jenkins, like versus Spike Lee. Cause I, I love both of them like a lot. I, I really like sp- Spike Lee's work but I think they also are like a reflection of the time that they come from like that's true Spike Lee's filmmaking began at a point where like there was racial discourse but like it almost like wasn't this like constantly talked about thing in the uh, or uh, that's coming from like a totally like privileged like I'm a white girl that grew up in the 90s type of thing so like who do i don't know um (laughs) but um like in that sense i think it had to be more aggressive and like in your face of like what his point is and like his films are always very centered on like discussions of like race discrimination and like those hardships and like i think that has carried over like into like his later films for sure like i definitely think all of his films are very on the nose but i think that reflects a lot of like where he came from, whereas Barry Jenkins is a little bit younger and, like, his films have come up in a time where, like, we are getting that open and honest and constant discussion about racial inequality and, like, the struggles of, like, the black experience. And I think that allows him to have a lot more subtlety in his work because there's less having to, like, explain to the general public, like, hey, black people have it really hard in our country. Yeah,
1: yeah, 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 totally. Yeah. Right. Especially because Spike Lee made movies like Malcolm X. Like, of course, Malcolm X is going to be it should be in your face. It's supposed to be. So, yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah. And like, I don't I don't either like at the same time, I don't I don't mean to insult Spike Lee in any way. I mean, personally, like I have a lot of respect for him as a filmmaker. I guess I guess I just find that, like, if you're trying to get a political political message across and. And both political messages, like I agree with. It's just I I, I find I find that like, for instance, like if, we're t- if this is I don't know if this is too tan, if this is like too off a tangent, but Man. like but like <laughs> Roma, yeah, it's fine. But like Roma and Black Klansmen were like competing <laughs> in the same year yeah. for like an Oscar. And like if you think about like I was really frustrated with Black Klansmen's ending, specifically the way um, like like Spike Lee cuts back to like and charlottesville just happened and that's why i made this movie and you're like i knew that like i knew that because you're making a movie about klansmen in 2018 like of course it's because we're living in a trump era like i get i totally get that like you don't need to like connect those dots for me like i'd like to connect those dots and like roma was so much I mean, like it's a super different story, but it like it deals with like a racism and and and, and 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 like class struggle, and like it was so much more sort of like nuanced and layered, and like let yeah. you sort of make up your own decision about like about like what you thought of how those dynamics worked. I don't know if that makes any sense, but mm-hmm, yeah, definitely. I feel like Harry Jenkins falls more onto the, like the Alfonso Cuaron side of things, where he shows you this really. Hard life, and then sort of lets you make up your mind about it. And Mm. I mean, because he's the auteur, like you're, 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 you're you're likely to agree with him. But like he's, he, he leaves those dots for you to connect. I guess.
2: I think the other thing that's interesting between like Spike Lee and Barry Jenkins is that. Mm -hmm. Barry Jenkins is still so new that a lot of the time his audience is going to be a more, I would argue a more like left leaning, like woke in quotes type of audience because like, yeah, those are the people who are typically watching like indie cinema. And that's like, like, even though Moonlight has ended up being like a great, like success for its like caliber, like it's still like arguably an indie film. Um, Totally. whereas like Spike yeah. Lee has been around long enough where like he's just kind of like a go-to big name and so like he does a lot of the time have a way broader audience and so i could see it being that as well of like Spike Lee almost having to like hold your hand through what he's saying because it's more likely that he's getting somehow those people that like aren't willing to acknowledge or like are just ignorant to the fact that like these things are going on and so he's like okay we're just gonna (laughs) i'm just gonna very gently shove this right in your face i think it really does show like how far like there's still a very long way to go um (laughs) for like inclusion in filmmaking but i think it does allude to the fact that there has been some kind of progress which is like really exciting
1: absolutely within the past few years i mean since moonlight has won best picture basically there's been there's been great improvements and of course there's still a long way to go but i mean Six years ago, big difference. Oh my gosh, um, insane. Speaking insane. Speaking of black directors, this is a little fun. Um, got a little trivia for you guys. I love it. <laughs> so at the time, at the time, Barry Jenkins, when he was nominated for Best Director, was the fourth black man to ever be uh, nominated for Best Director. Mm-hmm. Do you guys know who the previous three were? And there have
0: been two since then. Do you know who the two since then are?
1: Oh. Well, I will um... try it. Okay.
0: Okay. Um, I'm going to say Spike has been nominated since then, because I think he was nominated for Black Klansman. Okay. Is that that's that one that's, of them? Yeah, I also them, yeah. think I also think Spike was nominated at one point before. He actually wasn't. Surprisingly, was not nominated he at was, one point. He before. had never okay. had a director nom now. Okay, um, I'm gonna say John Singleton is on there. Yeah, that was was, the hood. Yep, that was the one I he was, was gonna say. All right. Um, Denzel. Was Denzel nominated for Fences? No,
1: no, no, director.
0: Yeah, wasn't he? Was didn't Denzel, he
1: direct, did Denzel direct? Oh no, no, he wasn't. I didn't. Did he direct that?
0: I think he directed Fences. Really interesting.
2: <laughs> we all open letterbox immediately.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is a good question. He did. Shit. He did. Oh yeah. wow, good for him. That got a lot of noms. Um,
2: uh, is it? Wait, did we stay? No, wait. So, so
0: you got you got um, John Eva Singleton?
2: Duvernay?
0: I don't think she got nominated though. Any no, they're all they're all men. They're okay. all men.
2: Who have we said so far? Yay. You
1: said Spike Lee. <laughs> uh-huh. um, and John Singleton, and okay. obviously Barry Jenkins.
2: Was it Steve McQueen?
0: Yeah, Steve McQueen. Twelve years of How can I leave off? Steve?
1: off
2: Steve? Jesus uh, Christ. Yes, I'm really so, glad I got that.
0: <laughs> oh, I was thinking of Steve McQueen earlier too. Yeah,
2: he's a great guy.
1: And there's there's one more prior and one more after. Oh no!
2: Uh, okay. Did Jordan Peele get it for Get Out?
1: Jordan Peele for Get Out. Oh shit,
0: you guys! One. I'm 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 doing so bad in this. No,
2: game. what are you talking about? We both have two now.
1: <laughs> and there's one. Oh, I'll give you. I'll okay. give you a hint for the for the other one. The movie came out in 2009. That oh, this no! Is up
0: for. Okay, so 2009. That's the Hurt Locker Avatar year.
2: You're okay. gonna say it, and I'm gonna be like, oh yeah, of course. <laughs> I, I don't
1: know. I can you know, right. It I've... was it was Lee Daniels for Precious.
2: Yeah, oh, yeah.
1: See, of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love, I love Precious. I, I think
2: that's a great movie. I haven't seen. I that think yet. my favorite part
0: of that was like, yeah. how like every award ceremony they had to say Precious based on the novel pushed by Sapphire.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember yeah. that? That yeah. was. Do you remember funny. like
0: every every single award? Show, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was, was like wow. funny. All uh, right, it's a mouthful. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's <is> a mouthful. <laughs> interesting. That's interesting. really interesting. Well, Yeah. yeah. Here's to more nominees
2: i know i hope in the future i really one
0: can hope. Six, six is a criminally low number
2: it's six is that's honestly low. insane to think about considering this is the 93rd year exactly, of the oscars exactly
1: exactly
2: can i bring up one of my favorite scenes that we haven't brought do, up yet
1: you can do whatever you want okay
2: i'm taking over here we go um-
0: <laughs> welcome to clara fleck
2: welcome to clara fleck <laughs> <laughs> that was like one of my worst jokes i've ever made i
0: <laughs> no, it's such a great joke
2: um okay so one of my favorite scenes is in chapter two with Chiron at at like essentially the very end where we have the scene where he just got beat the fuck up by kevin and tyrell and all these other guys and he's done his little ice bath kind type of thing and then he is back at school and we're getting just, like, a tracking shot of him from behind. And I love that this scene specifically because of what they're doing with the score. And that, like, there's just all these different instrument Like, you know that warm-up orchestras do before, like, they actually get started and they're all kind of just testing? We get that instead of, like, an actual score. And it just, it makes me so anxious which i like normally i'm like i don't want to be anxious but i'm i love it in that moment because it just feels so powerful because like you just don't know what's about to happen like he's very clearly like set on something and then we get the most insane scene ever of him throwing his backpack down and then like the music stops and we just see him beat the shit out of tyrell with that chair and you're like holy shit like we've never seen him act like this before like that's crazy to see from his character and like i think that's like definitely up there as like my one in my top 3 scenes just because it's such a shift in him and then it alludes to like what we get immediately after with like who he becomes but it's just like so well done because of the score i think and like the fluid motion of it all like we're never getting a moment where like we stop and like think about like what he's about to do it just happens and you're like, whoa,
0: yeah. so. This is the second movie that Ryan has done that involves um, chair throwing.
1: <laughs> oh my God, it totally <laughs> is, that's
0: hilarious. We had a long conversation about throwing yes, chairs I remember versus that. throwing symbols. That was we a good did.
2: conversation. Yes. yes,
0: solid conversation. <laughs> so, what do you think about the breakaway chair in this? How does yeah, it, <laughs> what, are, what are we thinking? How does it live up to Fletcher's teaching methods?
1: Uh, you know, I think if Fletcher used that method, it'd be a little more thorough. Uh- <laughs> mm, you, you would have
0: finished the job?
2: <laughs> a little bit of brain damage. Yeah, yeah
0: a little bit of brain damage. <laughs> oh my god.
2: Oh, that's so funny.
0: Yeah. No, I'm. I'm surprised. Like I was. I I wrote the score in my notes. I just wrote the score in all caps. Um, <laughs> yeah. Nicholas I'm surprised, surprised it took us this long to bring it up. It's uh it's amazing. So good. It's crazy. I think Nicholas Bertel has had like quite a career since then, but he definitely wasn't on my radar before this.
2: His I love his score for Moonlight, but I would say, honestly, of his two that he's done with Barry Barry Jenkins, I prefer uh, If Beale Street Could Talk, score-wise. I- yeah
1: thinking that Beale Street's score was really good it's You're right.
2: so yeah. good I think yeah. he like finds this like really powerful flow in Moonlight that then he like brings into if Bill Street could talk in like a slightly <laughs> more like refined way that just mm-hmm. oh I just I listen to that score <laughs> all the time I love it
0: <laughs> yes. I love it um yeah, any, any other just, like, rando thoughts on Moonlight?
2: Mm, I actually have, like, a weird question for both yeah, of you. I
0: love it. Um,
2: just because, like, obviously, it, this is, like, a, a movie where I can connect to it to some extent, but, like, also, like, I'm not a man, obviously. Um, So I there's certain things about it that I can't quite relate to. So, like, one of my favorite things about it is the, like, relationship we see between Sharon and Juan and, like, how he becomes this, like, male role model for Sharon when, like, he needed it kind of, like, the most in, like, his youngest years, and so I was wondering, like, what you guys thought about that, and, like, if you saw, like, any relationships in your own lives that reflect that or like if it just like felt relatable in any sense, essentially. If that if that I don't know if I made that question make sense. But.
0: No, no, I think that's a okay, good question. Okay. <laughs> and like as a man, I'm glad I can explain to you what it's like to be a man. Yeah, so please you really, explain like, it to me. <laughs> understand. I mean like it was it, it was portrayed really well. It's not it's not something that triggers anything in my life. I think because like my dad was around and for him it's like very much about it's sort of about him finding his own father figure essentially. So I, I didn't really, I didn't really totally relate to that, but I thought, I thought just their, their dynamic of, I mean, I think, I, I, I think there's a thing that's also portrayed in this movie where, where women tend to be more sensitive and open. And so like Teresa's very much like, tell me how you feel. And Chiron and Juan are just kind of, they're just kind of there together and they're, and, and there's a lot that's left unsaid, but they just kind of, they're, 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 they're just kind of with each other. And I felt like that, that felt really real to me. Interesting. But there's nothing in my personal life that specifically took me back to that. I guess totally. N-
1: now that I, uh, now that I think about it, I think I have, um, definitely a similar scenario, but switched. Mm. Hmm. So I have a little cousin, mm. uh, ba- Well, I call him a baby cousin. He's not really a baby anymore. He's Aww. like 11 now, Weird. but, um, when he a few years ago I think he was like eight years old he lost his father mm. and ever since then I've kind of you know at whenever I can you mm-hmm. know I I go and see him and I go and you know he calls me a lot to play Fortnite and stuff like that and oh. I try to step in and I I do I do what I can um because I, I, oh God, I love that kid I love that kid so uh. much so I guess I can definitely see that kind of connection between some I mean it's a little different because mm-hmm. we are related but totally you know but that connection is definitely, it's a definitely, it's a similar feel.
0: It's got, mm. you
2: know,
0: yeah. That's really sweet, right? I
2: love that.
0: I love that you're, you're friends with him and everything. That's awesome. Yeah. That's
2: so special. I really like that.
0: Thank you. Thank you.
2: I, for sure. that kind of leads into another question though, about their relationship that I find interesting in that, like we see like Juan kind of go out of his way to like be there for Sharon in like some capacity, um, mm-hmm but at the same time like he is the drug dealer in the area and like Sharon's mom is a drug addict presumably buying from him in some way or another and so like does that at all like affect the relationship between the two in your guys' opinion cuz I don't know how Def- I land on that It
0: definitely it definitely does. I mean, it's yeah. a heart it's a heartbreaking scene when like he's at the table and he's like, "So my mom's on drugs and you sell drugs, so." Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's just like, "Yeah, like I, yeah, I don't know." How to I, tell I, you. I think the kid walks cool. out and he's just like, "That's that's," Herschel Ali's best acted scene in my mm. opinion. Is isn't
1: that the last time we
0: see those two interact? Yeah, yes. it is. That's it is. It is. Which is what? Which is why? It sort of shocks me that that you're to believe that their relationship became so much stronger after that because they clearly grew past that but it's like it's it's it is an odd sort of place to end that chapter on yeah because you're if you were if you were to leave that there and not not bring it up again you would assume that that was kind of the end of things i guess
1: yeah so i i would think that um, you know, if, if he wasn't selling drugs, she would probably be getting them somewhere else anyway. So, so that part of me is like, what's the big deal? But then, but it's still, it's still kind of, it change. it does change the dynamic a little bit. Cause it almost makes you think like in, even if it's a small way, he is kind of responsible for some of his home problems that he's literally going to Juan to, to try and like escape. get away from. Yeah. So his escape is actually part of the problem in the cycle you know so it's it's interesting the dynamic is definitely a little bit skewed and because of that but yeah that's why i wanted to bring it up because i was like i didn't really
2: i didn't really think about it when i first watched the movie but like now on a rewatch like obviously you get more time to like reflect on like the greater like Mm -hmm. dynamics of stuff and so it was like definitely something that came up to me of like dang like he seems so genuine in like his desire to like be there for him but it's also a little bit like, is Juan only doing this because like he feels guilty? And I feel like that's me being oh, yeah. very jaded and like cynical. <laughs> but I, mean, <laughs> I think that's
0: I think that's a major part I, of it. Yeah, I love the scene where he's kind. He, he comes up to knock him. on the door. It must be like the third time he comes to the house. Mm. Comes up to knock on the door and 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 I and, 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 and like Juan's walking up with with like a gun, you know, that he quickly puts away when he realizes it's a kid. But he's just, I mean, it it it. It really drives home that contrast between like Juan's career, I guess, and his relationship with the kid. I like also think Juan was pretty woke for like I think we're to assume it was the '90s, right?
2: Yeah, I think it was like the '80s or the yeah. '90s. It's pretty,
0: he's pretty woke for the '90s, especially when you know the kid asks him like, "What's what, like? What's a faggot?" And he's sort of like he he explains it in a really like sort of yeah,
2: that's very like, true.
0: Amazing and disarming way almost i was I, I was sort of impressed by his explanation until <laughs> there's a moment where he's like well unless you want to and then the like, she's Uh-oh. like no she's like don't go there <laughs> oh, right no, now no. yeah no 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 it's a it's a really it's a really heartbreaking scene and it's and like i think it dri- I, I think it also drives home the fact that like i mean his, his homeland his, his like Chiron's home life is bad, but it's not. It's li- li- like this movie isn't the Blind Side. Like he's not going right. over to like, like Sandra Bullock's nice house, <laughs> and, it's, and it's all like it's all like wow. Like I get all these like got my own room, and this is all you no. Know, it's like it's like it's like Juan's still a Juan has a nice house, but he's still a drug dealer, and like he's still yeah involved in this in this life that they want to get out of. So it's like totally. Mm-hmm. It's almost like you can only get out of it so much
2: yeah yeah and yeah, he does know. always bring chiron back home like he always goes home at that the end true. of the day like there's never that moment of like you should just stay here forever like obviously there's the implication that he can come whenever he wants to like visit but like mm-hmm. there is that implication of like we are not your parents like we're there for you but like you have to go home which is yeah, really for interesting sure. to see
0: definitely interesting mm mm-hmm. Any other just like points you want to get through before we we wrap up the podcast?
2: My last big point that I had written down is that I am thrilled that Naomi Harris was in this because when she got the script, she didn't want to play Paula like at all. She was like, Mm. I don't. I vowed that I would never play the stereotypical like black woman addicted to crack. Like that's not a role I want to perpetuate any further in film. And so, but then after sitting down with Barry Jenkins and like talking through the heart of the character and like what we see her go through, like then she kind of signed on. And I think she portrays like this sense of like wrath against like the world as a whole. And then like digging into Chiron as like her target, like so well, like I love her performance in this. Um, Was she nominated? I don't
1: remember if she was nominated.
0: I don't. I don't. Remember. I don't think so. She was. I think Maruschla might have been the only. Actor. She. Yeah. No. She was in, she, she honestly was
1: robbed. <laughs> she had such a good performance, and she did. Fun fact, she filmed everything, all of her scenes in three days. <gasps> really? Three I didn't days. know
2: that. Yeah. Three days
1: in between her Spectre tour. She was going on a tour for Spectre, and she literally filmed it in three days in between. That's insane. That? And you get a performance of that, like, that good? Are you kidding? That's crazy.
2: No, yeah, because it's it's yeah. probably up there as, like, one of my favorite, like, supporting actress performances. Like, it's I so can see why. Amazing. Yeah,
0: it really is. Oh. <laughs> yeah um i love her Another yeah, yeah i think that also no j- just total side note i think that also just reminds me how long it's been since we've had a bond movie that like the last bond movie came out during the filming of moonlight like it wasn't even like the re- it's that's True. crazy that it's been that long but oh wow yeah good point anyway uh yeah Jeez. no i mean like really short amount of time and apparently they had to shoot out a sequence so it's amazing that they were able wow. to mm-hmm. cram her, her her character line in there, and she was able to give that amazing of a performance in so little time. I, totally. I want to throw
1: out one more piece of history that this yes. uh, movie carries, please, do. and that is that um, Dee Dee Gardner, who was a producer on this, was the first woman to ever, well, first woman, sorry, to ever win two Best Picture Oscars. The <gasps> other one was Twelve Years a Slave. So That's
0: pretty cool. That's wow. really cool. Yeah. Good for her. Wow. Good for her. Also, Brad Pitt did this, and I think yeah, Binance, executive oh. involved in. Twelve Years of Slave. But Brad Pitt uh is, is Plan B entertainment if you ever see that. Like they Oh cool. Mm, like he does he does a lot he does a look like a lot of really really cool indie projects. Like I mean if, if you didn't have enough of a reason to love Brad Pitt by now. I
2: know, truly yeah.
0: <laughs> He he produced Moonlight. Yeah, he's the best. He's the best. We all love Brad Pitt.
2: Shout out Brad Pitt.
0: <laughs> Shout out Brad Pitt. Um <laughs> Yeah, 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 no, that's awesome. That's awesome for sure. Um do you guys fall on the moonlight? Side of the Moonlight Lawland? Yes.
1: <laughs> I, I yes, I do now. I didn't, but a few years ago. Yeah. But I do now. Yeah,
2: I have from the beginning.
1: <sighs> yeah. No, I fall. <laughs> I.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> Even before I saw either one.
0: <laughs> I definitely, I definitely fell on the, on the, I definitely fell on the, on the Lawland side of things at first. Now I, I, I mean, I just, I just, you just rewatched both did recently, both, both recently, recently for the podcast. So it's interesting. Yep. And I still, I still think they're both. So it's, it's it's so weird to me that these two such different movies are just intertwined because of this yeah. disaster that happened on stage. In a yeah. way that, like, yeah, you know, like that, like the Revenant and Spotlight aren't intertwined, even though they right. do, were like the top. That is true. Competitors. Yeah. It's because of this weird mishap that these yeah. two movies are just like forever locked they in are. my mind. But uh, both beautiful and have have little in common other than the color palette. But uh, both both honestly beautiful stories that. I think oh, yeah. we will live on for a long time. So, oh that's for sure, sure.
2: Yeah. absolutely, I absolutely agree.
0: Uh, so, so y'all know the drill. Uh, quote in character.
2: I um, have a Ryan, quote. Ryan,
0: your Fletcher was amazing. <laughs> yeah, <it> was... <laughs> no way to watch it. Wasn't. Get out of here. It was
2: good. I liked it. It
0: <laughs> <laughs> was great. Clara, what, Clara I, you said you had a quote.
2: I have one, but I think mine. We have to end on. So I will. I'm refusing to go oh. first.
0: I like that. Okay. <laughs>
2: So Ryan has to go first.
1: Okay, I already <laughs> said this quote, but I'm gonna try to do it in character. Right?
2: Okay, okay.
1: You ain't gotta love me, but you gonna know that I love you.
2: <gasps> thank you, thank you. Ooh, good, good, <laughs> thank good. You, thank you. Okay, so my quite good. My quote is breaking nice conventions a little bit, but I think it's perfect. So I'm really excited cool. for this. I'm excited. Here we go. This is not a joke. Moonlight has one best picture. Moonlight best picture. <laughs> Thank you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, apropos. Beautiful. That was amazing. Beautiful. Thank I was really well, thank proud. you guys. This this was a great episode. I yes. um, Yeah. Thank you both for coming back on. This was fun. No problem. I will be sure me. to be back when there's a movie with a chair being thrown.
1: <laughs> <laughs> for only for those sure. movies. I will
0: seek them out for, for you. <laughs> Thank you for listening to another episode of Cinefleck and I will see you next week.